I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, so hear me out, of course, I know vampires aren't real. I wasn't looking for an actual vampire, but instead for someone who is part of the vampire subculture. You see, I'm a college student and I majored in cultural studies. I needed to write a 40-page thesis about recently formed subcultures. I was always a sucker for vampires, werewolves, and other folklore, so I picked the vampire subculture. For my thesis, I wanted to interview someone who was part of it so I could gather some first-hand expressions and how a typical day for them was like. There was only one problem, though. It was quite hard to find someone who was part of that culture. After talking to countless trolls on the internet who pretended to be actual vampires, I figured that finding someone genuine is nearly impossible. In an act of despair, I put an ad on Craigslist. I know that's probably step one on how to get murdered, but I thought if someone is willing to meet up they wouldn't make that effort just to bullshit me. Looking back at it I can see how naive and dumb that was. Anyway someone actually volunteered and contacted me. We were talking a bit via email and agreed on a day and time. Skipping to the day of the interview I got really nervous because I didn't know what kind of person would show up to my door. I know I know letting a stranger from the internet into your house is step two on how to get murdered, but like I said I was desperate. It was early in the evening when the doorbell rang. 
When I opened the door, I was greeted by that tall, light brown-skinned, bearded man. He didn't look like what I'd have accepted. I was accepting someone dressed in gothic-style clothes, but this man was wearing a fancy black suit. By the looks of it, it seemed like an old suit, but in a pretty good condition. I suck at guessing ages, but he looked like we was in his thirties to me. Are you Mike? He asked me with a light accent, which seemed Middle Eastern or Eastern European. It kinda sounded like a mixture of both. Ah! Yeah, you must be a dem. Yes, I'm here for the interview. Can I come in? He asked with a friendly smile on his face. Yeah, sure. Be my guest. I pointed towards the coach next to the door. Please take a seat. He sat down and I sat on a chair in front of him. To be honest, I still was kinda nervous about the whole deal, but for some reason I was intrigued by that guy. You said you were looking for a vampire for your studies, so here I am. Yeah, I'm writing a thesis for my cultural studies, and I was hoping to get some information from someone who is actually part of that culture. Ah yes, for authenticity, I assume. He still gave me that friendly smile. Authenticity. Yeah, you could put it like that. Do you mind if I record our conversation? No, no, I don't mind. So what do you want to know? He had made himself comfortable in the coach and laid one arm on the back of it. Well, just tell me about yourself and how you got into this lifestyle. Ah, very well, you see, this lifestyle was inevitable for me. I had some family issues while growing up and things tend to happen, you know. I was confused by his reply, but I didn't want to ask him what he meant by that. Oh, I see. Well, then let me ask you another question. How do you become a vampire? Is it just a mentality you develop, or does it require more? So you get bitten to become one, of course, he laughed. It is a mentality, yes, and it requires more than just thinking like that. You have to life it, feel it. I see. Since you joked about the bidding, do you really bite people and consume human blood? Yes, some of us do, but animal blood will do it too. Aren't you afraid to get any diseases by doing that, and how do you get even human blood? I don't think a hospital or something wouldn't just hand you bags of blood. No, he chuckled. I'm not afraid of getting sick. Obtaining human blood is quite simple. You just ask someone to volunteer, like you did. Tuh. Yeah, I replied in confusion. I didn't catch what he meant by asking. So you get blood donated by volunteers? Yes, sometimes, he said while smiling again. And how often do you drink blood? I guess it depends on how often someone donates. Well, when I was younger, it was almost daily, but nowadays it isn't that often anymore. It's once a month, and to special occasions, we only have to drink once a month. I see. Do you have any preferences when it comes to the blood? I mean, do you look for a certain blood type? No, any type will do, but there are significant tastes in every type. Do you mind explaining the differences? Sure, it has a sweet flavor to it. B is a little bit bitter in taste. It's like your first beer, at first it tastes horrible, but you develop a taste for it. Zero has a sour flavor, and my favorite ab tastes somewhat like honey, and it even smell like it. You see, it does require a certain knowledge to tell the differences he said in a slight serious tone. It's interesting to be honest, if I had ever the opportunity to taste any of these, I would probably go with Ab then. I said jokingly, Would you like to try? 
His tone had changed into a friendlier one again. Unfortunately, I don't have any with me, but the next time I have some, I will share it with you, he chuckled again. That would be very generous, I said with a nervous laugh. My initial interest in him became slowly a suspicion. The way he talked all about this was kinda unnerving to me. I wasn't sure if he was just trying to scare me or if he was genuine. Any further questions? He smiled and gave me a patient look. Oh yes, sorry I was lost in my thoughts for a moment. Does being a vampire affected your life? If so, how in which ways? So a good question. Yes, when I first became a vampire it took me a while till I adjusted to my new life. It wasn't always easy for me. I couldn't do certain things anymore that I loved before. For example, I loved gardening, farming, and growing every kind of crops. You see, my family were farmers, and I wanted to be just like my father when I was growing up. Unfortunately, after my transition, I wasn't able to farm anymore. My brother had passed away, and my parents didn't like what I had become, and we had a little family dispute. I guess every good household has their fair share of arguments. His voice was overtaken by a sadness. So, I'm sorry to hear... I hope they change their minds and you guys can make up, I said trying to comfort him. Sadly, this won't be possible. They passed away a long time ago. He changed his sitting position and straightened his posture. But the past is the past. I mourn their loss long enough, his smile had returned. So I'm sorry for your loss. Anyways, let's get continue with the questions, shall we? Yes, go on. What do you think of the depictions of vampires in modern pop culture, literature, and so on? Surely at most had have a big impact on you. It's inaccurate. The depiction changed over the years. There was a time when we were feared but many otters and alike romanticized the concept of vampires to fit a modern audience. I would even dare to say that some are disrespectful to my kind. I'm talking about the sparkling ones. His tone had changed into a serious one again. I couldn't figure this guy out. First he was all friendly and charming, but then his demeanor changed rapidly. All this talk about we, us, my kind freaked me out a little bit. Is this guy just messing with me or does he actually think he is a vampire? Either way I decided to play along because I didn't know what this guy might do to me if I didn't. So, ooh you don't agree with the modern depiction. What would be an accurate one? Well, Mike, you see one right in front of you. His tone hasn't changed, but he had a smile on his face. I gave him an obvious nervous smile. Oh, so you are telling me that you are an actual vampire? She chuckled. I didn't say I wasn't, did I? Great, my suspicions were correct. I invited a psycho into my house. I just hate it when I'm right. God knows what he was going to do if I said something that would upset him. He didn't seem stable. His moods are a roller coaster ride. Man, this was probably part three on how to get murdered. I had no idea what I have to do to get rid of him. This pissed me off quite hard, but I tried to hide my anger and my frustration and put on my best poker face. It's okay, so just let me get that straight. You are a real life vampire? Yes, I am what you would call a vampire. All right. You didn't tell me how you became a vampire, though, I said while trying to keep my shit together. God, he hissed. God, what do you mean by that? God turned me into this. He had raised his voice and was almost shouting at me. 
All the shit I tried to hold together were almost led loose as he was shouting at me. It's okay. We don't have to talk about that if you don't feel comfortable. I would prefer if we didn't. Do you have another questions for me? He had calmed down and was talking in a friendly way again. For F's sake, this guy was bipolar or something. He wasn't obviously right in the head. How old are you? He gave out a thoughtful HM. Like he was really trying to figure out his age. I don't know anymore. I can't answer this question, I'm sorry. I lost my sense of time millennia ago. Well, but I can tell you that I saw many empires rise and fall. I saw how the Romans conquered almost the whole known world back then. I saw the Dark Ages in Europe. The discovery of the New World, the American Revolution, the World Wars. I saw and lived everything and I will probably see much more. So you must be very old then. Did you know Dracula? Was he also a vampire? You mean Vlad Teeps? No, he wasn't, and yes, I did know him. He invited me once, and I stayed with him for quite some while. He was a great host to me. I see. What about garlic? Is it really a weakness to you? It smells horrible, he laughed, but it's not. Religious objects, on the other hand, are quite unpleasant. Why? As I told you, he turned me into a restless soul, this time shouted at me. I lost my shit at this point. A mix of feeling scared and angry overcame me, but I kept calm. All I wanted is that he just left. I decided to conclude the interview. So I'm sorry I didn't mean to upset you. I have two questions left you. It's okay. He again switched to a more friendly tone. What are your last questions? Where were you born? At another good question, I was born in the cradle of the first civilization. It's today's. He paused. What is it, Mike? I can hear your heart racing. Are you upset? My poker face was not good enough. He had seen through it, and he could tell that I was mad. So I took all my courage and told him, I'm having a hard time believing you. That's all. Oh, Mike, I have nothing to gain by lying to you, but I can show you the truth. He almost sounded sad, and then he closed his eyes. Never in my life did I feel so much fear. I was shocked to my core when he opened his eyes. Did you ever have a really bad dream where you woke up and jumped out of bed? It was like that, but I didn't jump, I fell backwards off the chair. His eyes were red and serpent-like, his light brown skin turned grayish. He was so pale he didn't look like he was alive. That friendly smile turned into a sinister toothy grin. Four sharp fangs did portray as he grinned. Two on the top and two in the bottom. Do you believe me now, Mitchell? As he said that he stood up and squatted down next to me. What is your last question? I crawled backwards to the wall to get some distance, but it was no real use. I only moved a few inches to the wall. I is a demi, even. Your real name? I stuttered in terror. No, it's not. A dem is an alteration of someone's name who is dear to me. I, I have a third question. I uttered in fear for my life. When, when was the last time you drank blood? A dem's, or whatever his real name was, grin became wider. It was exactly one month ago. I weeped. Are you going to kill me? He put his hand on my shoulder. SSSH, don't be afraid. I will drink from your blood, but I won't kill you, Michael. You were a great host to me, so you shall life. Then everything faded to black.
I woke up the next day on the coach where my guests sat. Everything looked like the day before. I was still shaking in fear and felt like crying. This whole deal felt like a nightmare, but I was still alive. This thing had mercy on me and let me life. This wasn't a dream, it was real. I checked the recording of the interview. It was empty. That goddamn thing didn't record anything. I felt like I was going crazy. The recording was my only proof that this night really happened, but it was gone or never there. After I calmed down, I checked my whole body for bite marks, but nothing. Maybe this was really just a bad dream. Maybe I never talked to that person. If you can even call him that. My emails. I still had the mails this would prove to me that I wasn't dreaming. I logged into my account. There was a new mail from vampir4124 at xxx.com that was his address. RERE -E interview with a vampir. Hey Mike, I'm sorry I couldn't make it yesterday. Something came up and I couldn't leave. I hope you are still up for that interview. We could meet on Friday if you are free. Send 16. December 2020-1540. This mail came before the interview. I must have not seen it. This would mean I did really dreamed it. It must have been a dream. What else? Vampires aren't real, I thought to myself. It was relieving that I was just having a bad dream. But for some reason this dream never let me alone. I kept thinking about it every day and had terrible night terrors afterwards. My mental and physical health became worse in the past weeks. I still had night terrors and I felt like shit. I failed my studies and dropped out of college. I can't focus anymore at daytime and I can't sleep at nights in fear of having another night terror. Since I dreaded sleeping I took a job at a gas station. I did the night shifts there. One early morning when I came back from work, there was a package in front of my door. I ordered something out of Amazon so I didn't think about it and just took it inside. I opened the package and inside was a tape and a jar. I couldn't tell what was inside because the jar wasn't made out glass. Curiosity got the better of me and I opened it. Out of it came this familiar but unknown smell. He was right. A bee does really smell like honey. I will try to write this story in the most detailed way I can. Just two weeks ago, I heard the trash can next to my house being kicked and falling in the middle of the night. Then I heard the sound of glass breaking and a rock was thrown at my bedroom window, shattering it. Then I heard someone rushing to a car and begins flooring it, which is why I just started writing this story. However, this has a backstory, also a scary one. It's all started since I started using a site called Craigslist. I wanted to buy a new couch for my house, and a lot of friends told me about this site, so I thought why not use it to check out deals for a new couch. There was a sale on a white couch which I really liked, and the price was very good. I will call the couch seller Tom, so as not to disclose personal information about him. I asked him about the couch, and he said she was in really good condition as in the picture, and that I could come to his house to pick her up. The address he gave me led to a relatively small house near a forest path. Again, I will not reveal names so as not to violate anyone's privacy. He told me to come to his house around 6 p.m., so a few days later I arranged with Tom to come and pick up the couch. He said I could come, so I got in my car and drove to his house. The house is located a few miles outside a small town. It's worth noting that neighborhood in which that house was located wasn't known to be dangerous. 
After about half an hour of driving I arrived at the address. It was a small two-story house. I knocked on the door and after about half a minute a man opened the door, I would say in the mid-forties. The man looked completely normal. He said to come in and he would show me the couch. I went inside and the couch he showed me looked just like in the picture, and Tom also said he would help me move the couch to the trunk of my SUV, nice guy I thought. After we finished putting the couch in the trunk, I said goodbye to Tom and so did he. So far the story sounds pretty normal. But from here it starts to change a bit. I hopped in my car and after about a quarter of an hour of driving home when I got to a more urban area, I noticed that the vehicle behind me was behaving a little strangely. After a few minutes I realized he was following every turn I made with my vehicle. At first I thought it was just a coincidence or maybe we were just driving to two areas close to each other. So I did not really pay close attention. But after a few more minutes of intentionally making wrong turns, I realized that the vehicle is not actually leaving me. It was, in fact, following me all this time, wrong turn after wrong turn. At this point I was quite concerned. I started to drive at a higher speed. At some point in the ride, with the vehicle still following me, I looked in the rearview mirror again. I noticed that the vehicle was a little closer to me now, and it gave me a little better look at the vehicle and who was driving it. I'm not sure what model it was, but it looked like an old red Toyota. The face was familiar, but I could not put my finger on it. After about a minute of trying to crack why this man seemed so familiar to me, I understood why, and it struck me. This driver is Tom, and he looks exactly like him. I no longer knew what to do at this point, so I called 911 and reported a vehicle following me, and I told them the area in which I was driving in while driving at very high speeds. Sometime later I saw that the vehicle was no longer behind me, and I guess it was because the driver realized I had already called the police. I parked my car in the parking lot of a nearby shopping center and reported my current location to the dispatcher so they can get to the location and I will give details about the man. Unfortunately, by the time I remembered to open the couch ad on Craigslist, it was already long since deleted by then. I'm stupid, I had to take a screenshot of the ad straight away when I saw things start to get weird. The cops came and I told them about the incident. They took details like a description of the man and my rough estimate of what I believe the car he drove looked like. They told me they would try to find the man. I have not yet received information from the police regarding the man. The whole story so far happened about a month and a half ago. But two weeks ago, I heard the trash can next to my house being kicked and falling in the middle of the night. Then I heard the sound of glass breaking and a rock was thrown at my bedroom window, shattering it. Then I heard someone rushing to a car and begins flooring it. I immediately called 911, but when they arrived the person was long gone by then. I showed them my shattered bedroom window and they left. The man has not yet been found. Since the incident I have started installing security cameras in my house, so that if something like this happens I can have a video. I'm not sure if this incident is related to the incident I had with Tom, the couch seller, but I believe there is a connection. If I receive new information regarding one of the events I will update them in a new post. It's a pretty long story and I hope you enjoyed reading it. Peace. My horror story was when I was 22 and I got an internship in a low-key city a few hours from my house. 
I found a lesbian couple on Craigslist who were looking for renters in their house. Their ad seemed good enough, they just wanted someone who would not wear scented products and tidy up after themselves. Cool, good enough, I contacted them, and they said they would do a background check on me. Um, sure, whatever. I'm in my car driving to this city the day before my internship, when I call one of the ladies on my phone. She picks up and goes off on me saying because I took a day to reply to her email, I won't be a good tenant, and cusses me out and says not to move in. Cue me having a panic attack and going through a ton of stress because I literally have no place to stay now. I had to pull over on a back street in the city surfing my phone to rapidly find a new place to stay. So there's an end there. So I Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I end up going to a Craigslist guy's house and tell him what happened, and he says I can stay. He was charging me a pretty high rate for one room, but I didn't have time to research that shite. Turns out this guy is on disability and made his money by renting out rooms to randos. Every night when I'd come home he would hit on me, and at some point he got a girlfriend who he would get in loud scary screaming fights with, even one night screamed at her, I will decapitate you. Healthy, right? On top of that he would pass out drunk and high every night and the house was coated in smoke. I had an air purifier in my room and was sleeping on an air mattress, but the smell of smoke literally sickened me. I got the flu and would drive home every weekend to be with my boyfriend and would spend as little time as possible in the house, only to shower and sleep and maybe eat dinner. The guy actually confronted me several times about sharing in chores, but in my mind I cleaned up after myself, was home maybe two hours a day and always in my room before going to sleep and was already paying a lot for a room at his crappy house, and he was home literally all day with a bunch of other tenants. So why should I be cleaning his cat's litter box or vacuuming his carpet? I never did that. The cherry on top was one night when I was rushing to make the two five-hour drive back home for the weekend, and his girlfriend asked me if I could drive them to a rent-a-car place since their car broke down. I said sure, waited for them for twenty mins, and she was directing me to get there. I realized though she was drunk and so was he. She had her brother on the phone who was pissed. Don't let them drive, he said on speakerphone. They're stupid and wasted. She couldn't find the rent-a-car place, and I ended up driving around for like 20 minutes wasting gas on top of waiting for them for 20 minutes when I had a long drive to make home and it was late at night. I felt very disrespected and pissed off and disgusted by them so I just dropped them off in a random parking lot and drove off. 
Later I found the guy's key lanyard with tons of keys on it in my car, and I never gave it back. I think I ended up throwing it out later on. I needed my prom dress tailored and my mother didn't want to pay much because the dress was already a lot and forced me to go to this random lady off Craigslist. I drove to her really ooh low income apartment that looked and smelled awful. She was extremely overweight and couldn't get around her own place, yet insisted she can fix my dress. She also spoke really fast and seemed on edge for whatever reason. Anyway she told me to go change in her bathroom which was even worse than the living room. My friend and I were screaming in the bathroom and panicking because we didn't know how to get out of there without hurting her feelings. We ended up saying we had a family emergency and drove as fast as possible away. I still feel bad years later, but we were so uncomfortable. Moved to a new city recently. Due to shot credit from student loans and lack of immediate employment, no place would rent to me. On the fly chose to rent a room off Craigslist. Everything seems decent at first until a few days. Go into the garage to see a pig locked in a cage with excrement all over the place maggots swarming in the 100 trash bags of random clothes. Look in the upstairs bathroom find the same situation and see it stocked with garbage bags of rotten food and decaying meat. Then I meet dude's girlfriend. 18 year old runaway who has a prostitute mother that helps him pay his bills. You can't make this shit up. This was back sometime around 2000, and his son was into Pokemon and really wanted the Charizard Pokemon card from the first set. So for his birthday, he decided to get one for him off of Craigslist. He tells my friend to meet him in an area he's unfamiliar with, but it's not too far so he agrees. As he gets closer, he realizes he's heading into a bot-hod part of town, and he even contemplates just turning around and going home and finding somewhere else to get the card, because he's basically knee-deep in the ghetto at this point. The directions lead him off the main road, to an area under a bridge, covered in graffiti and litter. He spies the dude's car and notes that he appears to be alone. Part of him is saying, Dude, you need to turn around and get the F out of here because this guy is going to kill you. But for some insane reason, he gets out of the car and approaches the other guy's car. The other guy gets out, and he is this huge mean-looking black guy, covered in tattoos, looking about as ghetto as the town around him. Keep in mind that my friend was a white middle-aged computer repairman who probably couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag. Sky approaches him and he's like, You got the money, and my friend is like, You got the stuff? As he thinks to himself, It's like I'm doing a drug deal. So the guy pulls out the Charizard card, mint condition in a hard sleeve. They make the mostly silent exchange, turn around, and then the both of them leave. He drives back home in a cold sweat, amazed that he didn't get murdered over a Pokemon card. Craigslist personal ads. I met a pretty cute from her photo girl on Craigslist. We talked for a couple weeks, mostly because I don't trust Craigslist and value never waking up in a bathtub full of ice missing an organ. Finally go out on a date, she wasn't exactly as attractive as her photo, we all put our best foot forward whatever. So what there's a couple scars, no big deal. Then she asks if I care that she smokes. No problem, 
I'm a half-pack-a-day smoker. This is where a problem occurs. She didn't mean cigarettes or weed, Colorado. Perfectly legal, she steps outside to smoke tar off a chunk of foil. Just smoked heroin five minutes into a first date. At least I got a good story out of it. Back in my days of street racing me and my friends wanted to buy a turbo to upgrade on a vehicle. Non-Chinese. Fairly good deal and photos looked okay on a potato camera. Came to meet up at a car wash in a dangerous area where people raced. Okay, no problem. Left work, met with friends and headed over there. Normally I carry my firearm, but today I wasn't. We meet. Kid comes alone and says come to my house, the turbocharger is there. Ooh nah bud, let's be real. Says he'll be back in ten. Comes back two cars deep full of people with the turbo. Turbo looks like it ate rocks for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Leaking. And a lot of shaft play. Wanted $600. I said I wouldn't even give him $20. Says okay. $100 let's go to the back part of the wash so no one sees us. Uh. You mean in the back with no lights? No. Not happening. Now six other people come and surround us. I go sorry for wasting your time. Keeps trying to drop price as we are pulling away. So sketch. This story has horror and Craigslist in it, though the two are only loosely related. I was going to someone's place to buy a white Japanese PS3, and I brought a friend along because I didn't want to die alone in someone's house. Someone else should die with me. So we pull up near the guy's place and park about a block away and start walking to the address he gave us. As we're getting near the guy's place, I see a big, fluffy kitty taking a snooze on the patch of grass between the road and the sidewalk. Now I was very, very stoned when we arrived, and when I saw this big, fluffy kitty, I started moving towards it, and I said to my friend, Oh my god, look at the sleepy kitty. We approached the kitty only to find out that my brain perceived a huge dead possum as a sleeping cat. My friend replies, Trevlocks. That is neither a cat, nor is it alive. Sure enough, tongues out, not moving. It was comically dead. She wasn't wrong. It's a nice PS3, but I get the O and X mixed up a lot still. It happened a few months ago when I found an ad for a black car, the very one I had been dreaming of owning. The ad stated it was in good shape and had been well taken care of. It didn't have many miles on it, and the picture showed it looking really nice. So I didn't hesitate and messaged the person selling it. We set up a time to meet and check out each other's cars and do the trade. As I drove to our meeting place, I was really excited. I had worked really hard to make my car super clean and in excellent condition. However, I didn't know that something really bad was about to happen, something I could never have imagined. When I arrived, I saw a black car parked in a dark corner of a parking lot. The car seemed mysterious, making it even more interesting. The person selling it was a man named Mark, who was around middle age. He greeted me with a nice smile as we exchanged friendly greetings and checked out each other's cars. His dark eyes were full of excitement as he looked at his new car. I grew more and more curious as he pointed to it, showing he was really excited to start the sale. With excitement I asked, Is this the car you want to sell? It looks so nice. Are you sure you want to sell it? Mark replied, 
Definitely. Just wait a minute, and I'll show you the inside. He turned to open the back of his car. The back seats were already empty, so he opened the trunk. I watched him with curiosity as he looked through the inside of the car. After a little while, he brought out a small case. He opened it, and inside was a shiny silver toolbox with a handle just like mine. It's perfect for keeping your cars clean. So you won't find anything better anywhere, I promise, he said, handing me the case and adding, Here, try it out. I checked out the sedan and it looked perfect just like in the pictures. Mark confidently explained all its features and told me it was in really good shape. I wanted to make the deal, so I looked at my car parked nearby. Mark seemed eager to finish the trade quickly, which seemed a bit strange to me, but I ignored my suspicions and handed him my car keys. He smiled again and closed the car door. When we shook hands, he put his hand gently on top of mine and said, Thanks for doing business with me. He had a warm smile and continued, It's really nice of you to give something valuable like this to a potential buyer like me. Now, please excuse me, I have some things to take care of. He opened the trunk again, got his toolbox, then looked at the car and walked away. I was confused by the whole interaction and didn't understand why he acted strangely. I drove back home and when I sat in my new car, I noticed there was a hidden compartment under the driver's seat. I couldn't resist my curiosity so I decided to see what was inside. I opened the hidden compartment with shaky hands and found a bunch of old pictures. They looked really old, kind of blurry and worn out from time. As I went through the photos I started feeling really uneasy. They showed an old house surrounded by a lot of wild plants and bushes. But I couldn't help but wonder why these weird photos were kept under the seat. As far as I knew, nobody else should have had access to this car. I thought about telling the owner, but after looking at the photos more closely, I decided not to. What if he thought it was suspicious? And what if the owner didn't believe me or someone broke into my apartment and took those pictures? All my worries about the photos came rushing back. I felt really overwhelmed sitting there right after we finished the trade. My breathing got uneven and I started sweating on my forehead. I felt like I was mixed up in something I shouldn't be, so I tried to calm down and looked at myself in the rearview mirror. I wanted to take deep breaths, but my mouth was dry and I felt really uneasy. After a few minutes, I felt this weird cold feeling down my spine and realized I wasn't alone in the car anymore. My heart started racing and I felt a rush of adrenaline, but I was really determined to uncover the truth. So after I got back home, I started investigating where those photos had come from. My research led me to a local newspaper article that talked about an unsolved murder. It was really eerie because it looked a lot like the scenes in those pictures. The house in the photos was where the crime happened, and they never found the person who did it. Later, I kept on investigating and found out that Mark, the person who had the car before me, was a suspect in that unsolved murder case. They didn't have enough evidence to prove he did it, so he got away from the law. The police had tried to catch him but couldn't, and they let the public know about the case. They shared information about the tragic circumstances leading to his arrest and described the person they were looking for. They even put up a picture of him at the bottom of the newspaper article. The police thought he was in jail, waiting for his trial. The more I uncovered, the more I became convinced that I had accidentally walked into a dangerous situation. At this point I was getting nervous. 
I felt like someone was watching me and following me. I could hear the faint sound of an unfamiliar car tailing me. Realizing that my life was at risk, I decided to contact the police. Armed with the evidence I had gathered, I hoped they would take my claim seriously. But sadly, the police didn't believe what I said and thought I was just making it up, so they didn't help me. I had to think about what I saw and what happened during my trip. I had to wait and see if anything else strange would occur, but I couldn't figure it out. I felt like something bad was following me. As time passed, I wasn't as likely to be a suspect in the murder, but I was still very scared and upset. I put the pictures in a bag and sealed it, then left it on my windowsill. I didn't understand the whole story, it all felt like a strange and scary nightmare for me. Every time I got into that car to go to work and back, it made me feel terrible. After two months, I had enough of it. I decided to sell the car even though I lost a lot of money on it. I also shredded the photos and tried to forget everything. There was something strange about the guy, the car, and the photos, but most of my worries were inside my own head. My thoughts, my fears, and all the questions like, what if, and why, the legal system can be scary sometimes, and it's easy for clever or manipulative people to fool it. I'm not saying I'm completely sure he was the one who did those bad things, but everything pointed to him, especially the photos. I still think about it too much, and I replay the encounter with the guy in my mind over and over again. He was so eager to swap cars, and it just didn't feel right. But strangely, nothing bad happened. Selling that car was probably the best decision I ever made. So a few years ago, my wife was looking for a couch. We agreed to meet the seller near an ice rink. He then told us the couch was in his mom's house, not too far away. Against my better judgment, we agreed to follow him. We drove right outside of the town limits and then turned down a little rural driveway that was tightly packed by trees on either side. Right as we turned down the driveway, another driver got right behind us and blocked us in. I was beginning to think they were going to rob us and my wife was panicking. We had a little girl in the car with us and she was pregnant with another one. We eventually pulled up to a trailer in a clearing. I decided to play it cool to not let on that I thought something was up. I told me wife and daughter to stay in the car with the doors locked. I told my wife that I was going inside the trailer and to peel out at the first sign of trouble or if I didn't come back after a reasonable time. I followed the two guys into the trailer, where they presented with me a couch. It was a nice couch. They told me that their mom had moved into a retirement home and that she asked them to sell it for them. I told them I needed to consider it with my wife and that we had another couch we were looking at that afternoon and then we noped the F out of there, blocked the number, and never looked back. Not mine, but my brother's. He was around 18 at the time when he put up an ad on Craigslist. Looking for someone to hang with 420 friendly or something like that basically just wanted to smoke weed with some new people. So this dude hits him up and invites my brother to smoke weed with him and his girl. Brother drives an hour out to this huge ranch with like a hundred acres. My brother gets to his house and it's like a mansion. The guy is in his forties and is like a millionaire who sells race horses. So they go inside and the guy says he's just waiting for his girl to show up before they smoke. 
Time goes by and his girl never shows up and my brother starts to realize there probably isn't even a girl. The rancher dude starts asking my brother if he's had sex with a guy and if he's ever had a threesome if he'd ever be down for one. My brother starts noping the F out of there and mentioned that our mom is expecting him soon. As soon as he mentioned our mom, the rancher guy was practically shoving him out the door, but not before he gave my brother some acid tabs and told him not to mention that they met up. My boyfriend and I, along with another couple, traveled to from Chicago to Denver last Halloween weekend to watch undefeated Broncos vs. undefeated Packers Sunday night football. Knew it would prob be Peyton's last season. My friends aren't as into football as my boyfriend and I, so they didn't want to spend too much, though it'd be better to wait to buy ticks day of. We took a $25 Uber to a Walmart outside the city, $25 Uber to the stadium, we're so super pumped to go to the game, walked up to the gates and my friend's ticket wouldn't scan. Didn't think anything of it at first, like oh try mine or scan it again, must be something wrong with the scanner. Then we realized we got bamboozled. $600 a couple. Some asshole made an easy one in $200 off of us. Well like one in $190 cause those fake tickets were good as hell. Still pains me to this day knowing the experience we missed out on. Money robbery sucks too, but ugh. I have had an alert configured for a Trek 520 for the longest time. One came up for sale about three hours away that was just at the edge of my price range, but too far away I thought to make it worthwhile. But the bike was exactly what I wanted, full panniers and all. So I emailed the guy and told him what a nice bike I thought he had. Turns out he's coming down my way in the next couple of days and is willing to bring the bike along. I tell him that if it fits and checks out, I'm buying it. I'm excited, withdraw the funds from the bank, thinking it has to be just complete bait and switch for me not to buy it. The time comes and he no-shows. Doesn't answer email. Emails me the next day, says he sold it to a guy that he stopped to meet on the way to see me, that asked for it second but got to see it first. F that guy. A few years back I was getting ready to move and needed a few more hundred dollars for the move-in deposit. My only remaining piece of property that was worth money that I was willing to part with was a Les Paul guitar I had sitting around and lost interest in after many years. I had it posted on Craigslist for several days and the move-in date was only two days away and I was getting desperate to get rid of it. I found a guy with an ad saying he bought instruments for a fair price, so I thought, what the hell, let's see what I could get. I texted the guy, and this is how it went. Me, hello, my name is name that is in my experience always a guy's name, but sometimes maybe a girl's name. I have a Les Paul for sale. What would you offer? Sent pick with text. Guy, oh, uh, $60 is the best I could do. I'm thinking F that. Me, sorry man, nowhere near the ballpark. Guy, okay, if you change your mind, let me know. Thinking that was a lost because I forget about him and go on with my day until a few hours later I get a text from him. Guy, I'm kind of new to this area. Do you know of any good massage places around here? Me, sorry man, no idea. I'm sure there's plenty around town. Guy, would you be interested? Me, me, give you a massage? I don't think so. 
guy. I'll give you $60 for the guitar and $100 for a massage if you're interested. Me, sorry dude, I don't touch guys. Sigh, alright, your loss. Me, you do know my name is a guy's name, right? Sigh, I do now. Never heard back from the guy.